You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We're back with another great edition of the Auburn Express, powered by the War Report podcast. It's Thursday, as always. Joining me is my guy, Auburn Means, my girl, Brandy Mack, and very special guest from Saturdays Down South, that guy, Chris Marler, the guy you guys love to hate every time he joins the podcast. But I like Chris being here, so he's here because I like him being here. How's everybody doing tonight? Everybody okay tonight? Oh, yeah, we're vibing tonight. We're vibing tonight? Okay. Yeah, yeah, beer, good to be memes, here. you guys get this is audio only. Memes has a beer, oh, Chris yeah. has a beer. I can't drink, Brandy has a beer, so they're so drinking. Don't. Just I have candy. Brandy's I mean, got a bag full of candy like an eight year old. She's just been crushing. Passion fruit, sparkling water, but mm. it's yeah, I mean, it's, uh, diet beer. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, guys. It's the off season, there's not a ton yeah. to talk about, but. Um, I did want to circle back because we have Chris and talk about these quarterback rooms at Alabama and Auburn. And I want to start with a simple question right now. <laughs> Alabama went out and got Notre Dame's backup or whoever the hell they got, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Auburn went out and got uh, Michigan State, Peyton Thorne from Michigan State. Yeah. Given the concurrent constructs of both quarterback rooms, you know, Alabama may not be as strong as the years because they didn't have a clear, they clearly didn't have a clear, you know, successor to, you know, Heisman winner, Bryce Young. Right. Which quarterback room is in better shape right now? Auburn's <laughs> or Alabama's? Like right now, like on May May 17th? Right now, buddy. Or May 18th. I mean, so you're doing a disservice to the room from Alabama by strictly bringing up Tyler Buckner, which I know that you know what you're doing. Yes, yeah, um, it's for sure. But I mean, at the same time, so I love like I love the fact that Auburn got Peyton Thorne, and I love the fact they added a receiver to help him out. If you're talking about just today, I I would I mean I think Same. today I'd say Auburn. I would say Auburn. I think like potentially I think absolutely Alabama, and I think that like I mean Jalen Milrow is the best athlete on the field anytime he steps on the field. And Ty Simpson's a former five star. Maybe he'll get it going. I don't know. Um, but I think the thing with with Auburn that people don't realize from like outside of Auburn, right? That I think people when they hired Gus or hired Hugh Freeze, everyone just kind of assumed it was Gus Malzahn 2.0. Like he's going to run this like spread offense and, and run the football. This offense is like predicated on the past. Like, but he made Bo Wallace a three thousand yard passer twice. So what mm. can he do with two guys like you know Robbie Ashford and Peyton Thorne? Mm. Well, he is the self-proclaimed QB whisperer, <laughs> so we expect to hear that. I mean, in his open presser, he said, I do two things well. I turn programs around and I develop quarterbacks. So right. he got a room with a couple of quarterbacks that he inherited, and Robbie Ashford and Holden Gurner, and uh, he went out and he got himself a portal QB and Peyton Thorne. But I want to shift the conversation to Alabama here for a second, because uh, mm-hmm. we, we, we've talked Auburn ad nauseum, and we'll, come, we'll tie this back together. Yeah. But um, how strange was it, guys, that Alabama came out of the spring without a clear starter. 
Like this is this. Ha- what was the last time that happened in Alabama? When was the last time Alabama came out of the spring without a clear starter? Probably 2016. Jalen. I mean, that was the year when when Jalen Hurts didn't start because the kid from California who uh, I can't remember his name Blake now. Barnett. Like, Blake Barnett. Blake yeah. Barnett. Mm-hmm. The guy that was selling selling fake Yeezys. I don't know. <laughs> All of the facts like are like the weirdest facts. It's just like most slanderous thing you can find. Um, you mean the guy that had Bitcoin fraud two years ago? <laughs> All um, the TMZ memes. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying like, there's um, there's some things on Twitter. Uh, TMZ sports is a, is a is a very triggering subject for me still. Um, no, so I, I think I think that like if you go into this, if you went into the off season like after spring camp with a definitive number one, hear me out. I kind of think you're probably screwing yourself over a little bit, but what I would have rather had is seen a clear cut number one and then had Saban do all the coach speak and say, we don't have a number one because you have, you don't want to lose Milro or Simpson and then have two backup freshmen. But they, you know, when they had Jalen and they had Blake Barnett, it was a lot different than what they have now. Mm, mm. Brandy, jump in here. Listen, you're our, you're our resident betting expert right now with the state of Alabama's quarterback room over under on wins for Alabama here coming this coming season. God. Um, I don't know what the line is set at, but I'd probably take the over, honestly. I think people are kind of over-exaggerating mm. the fall of Alabama's dynasty compared to Georgia now. I think people are massively over-exaggerating that and if and honestly, if you look at the West this year, like Mississippi State is not intimidating with Zach Arnett, and who knows what that offense is going to look like. And they lost Ra Ra. Um, mm-hmm. Other teams in the other teams in the West that I just don't, I'm not that impressed with. I don't think Kiffin had a good recruiting cycle necessarily. And while, yeah, I guess maybe their quarterback room is nice there. I'm, I'm not overly impressed with Ole Miss. Um, I think Texas A&M is kind of like a wild card, but either way, kind of what I'm getting at is I really don't think this is going to be a strong year for the West. Um, so I, I think people are over-exaggerating Alabama and, and how they think they'll perform this year. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm actually with you on this one. I got two things on this. Number one, all those million five-stars they recruited didn't suddenly disappear. So well, while they may not be as strong at quarterback right now as we stand today, um, I got to believe they know what the construct of their roster is going to look like, and it'll be up to the offensive coordinator to come up with a system that plays to the strengths of the players who, you know, you may not be able to run run it through the quarterback for for you know the first time in God knows how long at Alabama, but mm-hmm. I don't believe their run game's going anywhere, and I'm, they're going to have strong wide receivers, and, and it, it will if they fail, it'll be because of failure of system, but not talent. If I you ask say, me. Also, on the other side of the ball, people... I think in our fan base and the Auburn fan base tried to clown on them for hiring Kevin Steele, but he's a really good defensive coordinator. In my opinion, I don't really know what happened while he was down in Miami, but when he was at Auburn, I kind of contribute Gus getting an extension to Kevin Steele and Rodney Gardner. If I'm being honest, um, they kind of propped Gus up for a couple of years. Kevin Steele is a good defensive coordinator in my eyes. So I think they're actually going to be pretty good on defense. Mm. Well, make no mistake about it, too. Jeremy Pruitt is going to be involved in that defense. Like, I, in some capacity, I'm telling you right now that Jeremy Pruitt, like, and, and people can get, say whatever they, whatever they want. I can tell you from very, very, very good sources 
that Jeremy Pruitt, whether it's legal or not, is going to be involved in that in that defense. And that that's all I'll say about that. But mm-hmm. the other thing, too, is Brandon makes a good point. The defense is going to be a lot better than people think. It's going to be yeah. a lot better than people think. And also, last year, it was not a great year for them in, in like some capacities, especially in defense, like, you know, the, the Ole Miss game, or sorry, the, uh, the Tennessee game especially. But one thing that people – People don't ever give Bama credit for really anything because it's Bama. And, and I understand why people hate him. I really do. I, I really do. But Same. like Bama played five games on the road last year against teams that were ranked at the time or into the season ranked. Mm. That doesn't happen this year. Like you don't go to Death Valley. You don't go to Tennessee. You don't go to Ole Miss. You don't go to uh, to Arkansas. You don't go to, to Texas. All five, all five of those teams were ranked at the time they played them. Yeah. Like, I just, you know, so I think that getting all of those games at home and also they're not going to run it through the quarterback. You're right. And that's something Bill O'Brien just like, I don't know what Tommy Reese is capable of, but I know that Bill O'Brien as much, he was better than people gave him credit for, but he really was like one of those guys. It's like, we're going to run my system and that's it. Like, we're not going to have a, they didn't have a game plan for Jalen Milrow in that A&M game. Well, listen, uh, memes. As our resident social media expert, how bad is the meltdown going to be for Bama fans on social media if this thing doesn't look good the first uh, the first third of the season? I'll give it the first four games. You know, what do we see? What do we see if this is not what they're accustomed to the first four games? Well, thanks for saying that. I was a social media expert, Mike. That means a lot to me. <laughs> of course, you are, buddy. You are. You you know you know how to get them riled no, up I, on social media it. for sure. For sure. Well, just 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 happens. And I, and I uh, assume you're going to be trolling. I assume you're going to be trolling them a lot, right? If the season starts mm-hmm. and Alabama does not look like an a well-oiled machine for the first four games, how bad is the fallout with the fans? So, are we saying just specifically from the quarterback situation? Or are we just saying? I'm saying I'm saying on offense in, in general, right? Like if this doesn't look polished, you got a new offensive coordinator, right? You got a new a lot of stuff at Alabama right now. A new quarterback, a new defensive coordinator. This yes, you know, how how are they going to be pull this together that quickly? Well, I I'm personally ready for like Alabama has had an average kicker for the last few years. Is that guy gone, Chris, or is he still there? No, he's there. Oh, okay. Is he an average kicker well, for the last few years? He missed a single field goal two years ago. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, he had yeah, no fans, and he, I think he was like twelve, made twelve field goals. No, I mean, there were fans there for sure. Just dealing facts. Yeah, there's they were in masks that muffled the sound, but okay, anyway, fair. we can agree we can agree to disagree on that. But I, I really want at some point Bama kicking to get back to what we've always known it as because there was just nothing better than seeing Bama fans tweeting like, "God, oh, son of a bitch, we got to kick a field goal." It's like a thirty-yard field goal. And they're like legitimately like wondering if they're going to make that or not. But as far as from the offensive side of things, I mean, the line has definitely struggled there. And that kind of got everything else to get into pieces. But it is going to be absolutely incredible offensively, defensively, but especially if they struggle in those first few games. I, I, Chris, I listen to Chris's podcast all the time. And I think we're actually in agreement that that Texas game is like a little bit more of a circle. Mm-hmm. They're going to lose I, to Texas. I, you think yeah, I, just, I do. I think Texas is going to be a, a potentially a playoff team this year. I think they're really, really going to like. I'm, I'm very. <laughs> Brandy's making a face. <laughs> well, has a face. I, like, okay. I, I honestly, like the the Big Twelve is going to be significantly weaker than it's been in years past. It's not going to be as like much of a like a, um, I don't know, like like that that schedule is not going to be as much of like a buzz that you have to go through. But the other thing is, 
Texas has stars everywhere on offense, and they should have beaten Bama last year. So what's going to, in my opinion, what's going to end up happening is Bama's not going to have like a, I don't think they're going to have a quarterback situation settled by week two. And I think that like, they're going to, I mean, Sark, you saw what he did with Quinn Ewers last year against Bama. I mean, he, they couldn't stop him. Like when Sark was like on script, especially, I've always said this, he's the best offensive mind, him and Lane Kiffin in the country. And it's not close. Maybe Ryan Day, you throw in there, top three. Yeah. Like, Sark is incredible. And now he's finally got talent. When Sark got to Texas, they had 18 receivers and eight offensive linemen. Like, what do you do with that kind of roster? Yeah. So, and now it's like balanced out and he's got stars, everyone on that offense. They've, I mean, people don't talk about that tight end because of Brock Bowers. They've got, they've got at least three to four guys off that offense alone that are going to be first round picks. Mm, mm. Well, I'll tell you what, listen, um, I'm with Brandy. I think a lot of the call for the demise of Alabama is overstated. I think it's way overblown. Um, and as long as they have Saban at the helm, I've been really impressed with his picks. The only thing I'll say about Kevin Steele, Brandy, is, is that I feel like this is the first coordinator hire he's made in a really, really long time that there's no threat of losing him to a head coaching job anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't see Kevin Steele being a head coach <laughs> anywhere. I don't know if that's mean to say, but like I think I think his his time has passed, right, yeah. to be a head coach, you know, anywhere. Does anybody else football. does anybody else on here sound like T Pain or is that just my uh, my internet? What? I think it no. might just be your internet. Yeah, I think it's just yours. Yeah, you sound fine to us. All right. Okay, sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, y'all sound like T Pain when you're talking, so it's you know that's not a, a bad way to, to sound. It. T pain yeah, gets hosed, so I'm okay with that. Um, so yeah, back to back to the subject at hand. Listen, uh, Alabama has got a lot of new things happening, right? Uh, but so does Auburn. So they went out and they hired Hugh Freeze in the offseason. He came in and said, "Hey, I'm good at quarterbacks and turnarounds." Uh, he went out. Uh, he won the portal as far as offensive linemen were concerned. This was something that Gus did really poorly. Uh, he went out and he got nine guys in the first go. <laughs> Between high school and the portal, he brought in a hell of offensive linemen. Yeah. Uh, he's added another one in Jaden Muskrat just recently. And uh, he decided that the QB room, as constructed, was not going to make. Now, they were always going to go out and get a quarterback because we knew T.J. Finley was going to leave. Right. Like that was the worst kept secret on the planes. T.J. Finley was going <laughs> to be gone. Uh, but now that he's gone, uh, they had to go out and get somebody. They went and got Peyton Thorne. So my question to, to all of you, to the panel, mm -hmm. is... Panel. How much does Peyton Thorne really improve this quarterback room? And would it be enough to beat Bama? Would, would Peyton Thorne's best be enough to beat Bama on their best day? On their best day? Yeah, because listen, I assume <laughs> when the Iron Bowl comes that you're going to get their best day. You like, think I, that I, Bama's going to give their best day when they come to Jordan-Hare? Because I've never seen that happen in my lifetime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I see your point. I, see your I, point. I think it's a genuine concern the Bama fans won't want to have to say that that's the nightmare scenario. Like in year one, if you freeze beat you and let's not forget Gene he did just, it twice. He did it. Well, yeah. And they were up 24, three in that third game. Mm. I'll say in that second game, we had five, five, five turnovers, three of them inside of our 25 yard line that I'm still not over, but that's fine. Mm. Um, no, I, I think that like Hugh freeze, if one stat I remember seeing about Hugh freeze that, that, that like, no one else in the country has done. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is right. He's the only offensive coach that has put up over 40 points multiple times on Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. He did it twice to Bama, and he did it once to Kirby. Mm. I mean, it, you know, and I know that like it's like 2016 against Kirby, but like 
that defense wasn't like struggling a lot, especially with what they had like coming back to like the following year. I, I think that's a, I'm just going to Jordan Hare is a tough place emotionally, especially for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I understand that because a lot of trauma has happened for Bama in that stadium uh, for sure. Uh, Things that we replay over and over again as examples of college football greatness, you know, have happened, you know, there. Brandy. Speaking of the Iron Bowl being in Jordan-Hare, I have a bold prediction, and I think that the winner of the Iron Bowl this year is going to be the winner of the West and will be... Ooh, okay, this is a little bit of a hot take here. Explain this. Explain yourself. I said the winner. I didn't say who would win. I said the winner of... The Iron Bowl will be in Atlanta. Yeah, but that means that you think that Auburn has a Auburn chance to win the West. Yeah, it right. D- it so, does mean I yourself. think they have a chance. It doesn't mean that I think they will, but it does mean I think that there is a slight chance. I think that's How does that play out? How does it make it? I think it's more of a reflection of what I feel like the rest of the West is going to look like, though. Okay. So um, you think it's going to be a down year in the West and Auburn is going to like... Absolutely. I definitely think it's going to be a down year in the West. Chris, okay. do you, what do you think about that? I so I, like I genuinely think it's going to be a tough game because of, not just because of Hugh Freeze, but because of, of going to Jordan-Hare. Like, I remember looking at the stat a while back that's like, and I, I wish that I, I had it like verbatim because I hate talking like without like being in facts. But I want to say it's like since 91 or or maybe it's 89, like games played in Jordan-Hare, there's only been like two, I want to say, or three that have, haven't been within 10 points. Like it's mm. always really close. And then you look at what, what happens in Tuscaloosa. Like in the past couple of times, Auburn's in Tuscaloosa, it's been a blowout. Like, yeah. It's either they but, win or it's a blowout, right? Yeah, like and, right. It's, and the wins come once every like decade. The comeback game was close. But, like, you know, the 55-44 game was wild in 2014. But, I mean, other than that, like, I mean, it's it's been kind of like blowouts. But, like, even in, in 2015, it was a close game. They lost in 2017. Like, you know, two national championship years. 2019, you lose. 2021, you should have lost. 2013, you lose. I mean, like, it's not been great for Alabama there in over a decade. So, well, I don't think it's far-fetched. Well, listen, addressing uh, Brandy's prediction that Auburn may actually have a chance in the Iron Bowl to win the West, right? I think the schedule is favorable. I think it's the Mm -hmm. most favorable schedule Hugh Freeze could have asked for in year one. So they start the year September 6th at UMass. That should be a W. They travel all the way out. No, I'm sorry. Not with with UMass. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, we would never travel to UMass. I was like, what is happening? Peasants, they're they're beneath us. (laughs) We're not taking a plane to see you. You're coming to us. Right. (laughs) Uh, We're doing this at my place, too. Yeah. Uh, so UMass, and then it's California. So they go out to Cal. Uh, Auburn has not fared well in the state of California the last two times. Last few times they've traveled out there. Game. That's because that's not like a. Have y'all been to that stadium? Have y'all been to Cal? Dude, wait, I, no, I haven't. I haven't been to that stadium. Okay. No, but I will be making the trip for that game. Okay, so it's a really cool setting. Berkeley is really, really cool. Um, I think like in one part they've done a really good job of the outside of that stadium, especially they built it up and it's like right next to like the tennis courts, the football like like practice field. You can see the Golden Gate Bridge from right outside the stadium, but inside the stadium, it's like it's like the biggest high school stadium you could think of. Like it's just like, it's empty and quiet, and it's it's just it's a weird place to get going. That's I think that's going to be a tough tougher game than people think. Yeah, listen, uh, that was a four win team I believe last year. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, uh, Hugh has higher, higher aspirations than that. I've gotten a lot of flack for that. But the whole Cal isn't a because a lot of people are just writing that off as a total win. And like, yes, on paper, Cal has been they're bad. They've been historically bad. They've been 
one of the worst power five teams in the last decade. But on the flip side of that coin, I think it's less about like what Cal is versus it's second game, new coach, a lot of new players, a lot of new parts, and it's all the way across the country. Yeah. Could that just be some weird recipe for if it was game five or six, I'd feel completely different about it. But just like where it's kind of wedged in there, and like let's say you don't have the quarterback situation go, just there's a lot of weird things that could happen with that. That I don't feel like do I feel like if I was betting, would Auburn win that one? Yes, but I think some people just think that's gonna be like the easiest gimme game ever, which it probably will be, but also too, like as Mike said, you're traveling across the country, it's kind of a weird time, a lot of things in there. You think they lose it because maybe they're still figuring some things out by week two, right? Like, I don't, a, I don't think we're going to lose it, you guys. People could have used the same argument when Mississippi State traveled out to Arizona last year. I wasn't sunshine, pumping and brandy. I'll give what? you the best reason. The best reason why they that you could be worried about it is you look at Hugh Freeze and non-con games on the road, which is there's not a lot at Ole Miss, mm-hmm. but like... Hugh Freeze on the road with that 2015 Ole Miss team when they had everything in front of them and you go to Memphis and you get beat by Memphis. Mm. Like maybe, maybe it's, it's week two. It's the second game of his tenure here, but I just don't. Of any I mean, game, I think is a trap game on the schedule. It's the Vanderbilt game. That's my right. opinion. Well, let me, well, well, look, well, let me get down this list real quick. Why are you laughing at me, Chris? Yeah. Hold on. Are they look. playing it in Memorial Coliseum or whatever it is? Yes, yeah, yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah. And yeah, look, 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 I was literally at the game where Vandy beat Florida in Memorial Stadium. Well, not that's the basketball arena, but whatever the football. Yeah. Listen, if any game is a trap game, it's the Vanderbilt okay, game. Okay, all right, we're, we're, get, we're getting out of, we're getting out of ourselves. Sure. I, I just want to get to, I want to get to that game definitely. Uh, so after Cal and Sanford, right uh, at home, and then you open SEC play against Texas A and M. Now this was the battle of like what the two win teams last year, or the three win teams. Uh, yeah, it was a great game. It was it was kind of a Disney moment for Auburn in a season where things were just as bad as they could be. And the they packed the stadium out for win number four, right? I think it was. Maybe it was, it win, was number win number. Four. It was win number four. You're right. Win number four, right? Um, so there was not a lot of offense in this game, so not a lot of points scored. But Auburn was on the winning end of it. Jimbo Fisher might be the most overpaid coach in college football, right? Yeah. Right, like I mean, God, is there anybody who? I mean, that's a that is a, a, a robbery. Right, it's criminal what Mel he's Tucker doing. Mel Tucker might be close. Mel Tucker might be close right now, mm. and that was like I, I'm fully convinced that Mel Tucker's contract had to been written and signed by R.J. Young because that's the only explanation for why anybody <laughs> would have thought Mel Tucker was worth that much money. Oh my goodness! Right, I mean, so yo, Jimbo Fisher is a train wreck right now. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and chalk that as a win for Auburn. Yeah, I'm going to chalk that as a win for Auburn. So Auburn possibly. Starts the season three three and one or four and zero. Oh. Uh, now Georgia comes up. That's an L. We're just going to chalk that one up to an L. Uh, Auburn LSU after that October fourteenth. So you're, you're getting away to halfway through the season, guys. Uh, this was a close game last year with Robbie Ashford at quarterback. He threw for three hundred and seventy seven yards against LSU last year. So how much better does Jim Kelly make? Uh, uh, Brian Kelly, I'm sorry, make LSU in year two. Um, I got my questions. I'm not a big Brian Kelly fan. I think he's a decent coach, uh, but I want to see that one. Uh, Auburn has not won a lot in Baton Rouge. They actually, Brian Harson got the first win there in 20 years. Yeah. You know, yes. right. So, uh, 
I mean, last last year's game was crazy, and it was like I think LSU needed like four turnovers. Y'all ran that stupid ass jet sweep um, pass in the fourth quarter. I was, for some I was, I was, I was standing. Like I was, I think I was as close. Like I think the only person closer to that play that wasn't on the field was the referee. Mm. Um, from where I was taking photos at, and I mean it was just unbearably painful for not only the Coy Moore throw but the Robbie Ashford throw too. Which once again, as LSU said in their post game, hey, or the I, I think if it was the coach or the player said that that is basically like, oh yeah, they'd run that play like six times in a row, so we knew exactly where the ball was going. Right. We read it so easily mm. and it was just like you just got to look up to the booth at key sound but good good move there buddy that was awesome yeah it was when terrible and they into the they game actually, to do anything else they actually switched it up for that game uh based on what had happened the week prior at missouri right um i had talked to some players about the game plan going into missouri they were like mike the game plan is trash nobody liked it um going into lsu uh, they were we. I was told they were going to do some different things, which they did, and it produced a lot of yards from the quarterback position. But um, ultimately, decision making, coaching experience, play calling, all came. You know, was to me was the difference at the end of the game. That was this, that was a, that whole tale of two. Remember, I, I did that deep dive on that because that that was like the first time it really blew my mind. Which was like, there's a there's a fundamental problem here under Brian Harson with how they play in the first half versus how they play in the second half. And yeah. 14-0 lead and like all that stuff. I don't think you have to worry about that as much anymore. I, going on the road to Baton Rouge is tough, though. Also, do y'all, how have y'all played against A&M in College Station? Yeah, it's been... I mean, they got a win there, they, I think, in 2013. Yeah, it was horseshit. Was no, like, I mean, all, it was like, no, the away team, the away team always won, I think, up until, was it like 2018 or 19? Yeah. It was yeah. like, they would they would win in they Auburn and Auburn would win in College Station. What was yeah, that, Brandy? Sure. I think it was up until the Harson era, right? Because we would always uh, went out there, and then we didn't win out the there. First one to Harson, you did win in 2019 and 2017 uh, as well. Yeah, you guys have you guys have done really well up until yeah, which Harson kind of ruined everything. So you guys had four wins in a row out there before Harson got there. Thanks a lot, Ben That's a that's a bar right there. Harson ruined everything. Uh, but I'll tell so, you what, what he didn't ruin was Ole Miss, which they beat under mm-hmm. Harson. But uh, Auburn follows LSU with uh, two consecutive home games against the Mississippi schools. And to me, guys, no, neither of those look like like daunting tasks right now. All right, I'm not really scared of either of those teams. So that, that could be where they gain the momentum that Brandy is talking about that puts yep. them in a position they've, uh, to be. Uh, in they've got to get game day. They've got to get game day for Auburn Ole Miss. That's just a. Storyline so? on that. Uh, I mean, not not for like. I mean, they could both have losing records, but just the fact that you've got like everything that happened to the Lane Kiffin drama in the off season, and then like Hugh Freeze, like you know, facing his old team again. Like, I mean, it's just that's a, that's a made for TV game right there. What when is it's it? going to be? When is it, do you know, that's October the twenty first. Okay, so there's. Almost zero chance that that. Game <laughs> what, what game is it? What game is it? Is that Tennessee for one. I'm pretty sure LSU, Florida, or, or something. I don't know. Either way, though, like, yeah, a lot of that was manufactured from like I think fans on on social media from both sides. You're not wrong. It's a great storyline. I will tell you this. I've been saying this all off season. All Hugh Freeze needs to do, I think, to win the fan base. I think he's probably already won him over strictly because this is like, this is like. 
what my next relationship will be. Let me okay. explain. I love rela- we love relationship analogies on this show. Of course, of course. And I've got plenty. Brandy, don't make that face. Um, so <laughs> my next relationship, it, it will be immensely better than the previous one, no matter what. And Auburn, no matter what happens in year one under Hugh Freeze, it will almost like undoubtedly be better than what they had or felt with Brian Harson, right? Like, that was a horrible, horrible year and in uh, three quarters there with with Brian Harson. If Auburn beats Ole Miss, I think that like like you need a you need a like a marquee win in year one. Probably if you're Hugh Freeze, just like for program building, it's not going to be Georgia. It might not be Alabama. If you beat Ole Miss, you could absolutely go on a run. Mm. Mm. But with all the storylines, that would be because I don't think it's game day worthy. But memes isn't wrong about all the storylines of it. Yeah. There's plenty to talk about when it comes to that. Uh, so, you know, Mississippi state, uh, now they return. Will Rogers, uh, mm-hmm. captain pass a lot. Will is back. Um, but again, not a scary game. And now we are at November 4th, which is Brandy's infamous trap game and Vanderbilt. Brandy, I'm going to ask you like, explain this trap game thing with Vandy. I, I gotta, I gotta understand. Vandy has had this really weird thing where they beat, new coaches at teams. And I just, it's in a weird spot on the schedule. It's going to feel going into it. I think based off our performance, what I'm predicting, I think people are going to be like, Oh my God, we're going to kill Vandy this weekend. And I just think that we're going to underestimate Vanderbilt. I don't know how else to say that. It's just a very Auburn thing to do. Also like career losing record against them. Yeah. Like, so yeah. But I'm so, just saying, like, this is like this Vanderbilt game is a trap game. No, it's not. And it will be. Yes, let's it's, not it's forget. Trap game, I'm telling you, it is. And is actually a pretty good, a decent coach for them. I like him actually. He looks like a. a can I say what kind of words we let use on here? Because he looks like a dildo. Okay, yeah, that's that's allowed. That's allowed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Chris, this, this, uh, we're not PG here. Let's, I'm not talking about what he looks like. But I think he's a good coach. So he's a good coach. I, I agree with that. The dildo like, coach. Chris yeah. did. Chris did pick Vandy to win the SEC at Media Days last year. No, I didn't. This is this is why like fans I'll, don't like me. Out here in these streets, they also, they say also, Vandy got funny. a single vote to win the conference. Oh, that, that what you guys were the ones that started this rumor. Uh no, we yeah, hundred percent. I know for a fact uh, you said it, and I also know that Meme said it in a space several times, and people started. I'm probably. Talking about. I probably did. You, you I probably did. You want to hear something funny? I, I'm going to confess. It was actually me that voted for Vandy. Shut up. <laughs> listen, it's such an unserious poll. Yeah. Like, listen, the media gets it wrong every single year. Every year. Yeah. It's, year. it's just not. It's just, I mean, unless you're just, but, I mean, you, you pick Georgia or you pick Bama to win it. And then, yeah. you know, and then everything could, else is a toss up. Could you imagine if Vandy had won, like, how many, like, Media personalities and beat writers are coming out of the woodwork trying to claim that like it was an honestly. It was them. Yeah, like, um, I, like I, 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 I saw it all of my phone, brother. Yeah, I, I I have a screenshot of my vote, by the way. I mean, oh, Matt Hayes from from my publication that. would be the first one to go. How Clark Lee changed the narrative of, of Vanderbilt football. <laughs> I'm, like, <"Fuck." laughs> I'm dead. All right, so we agree. Well, I don't know if we agree, but Brandy says this is a trap game. Uh, I'm saying don't underestimate Vanderbilt on the road. So Brandy's going to go to this game, and every time Brandy goes to an Auburn game of like any sport, Auburn loses. So we got to really not true baseball. Hello, I'm the sole reason baseball turned this season around because 
they were doing horrible. And then they beat Mississippi State the weekend I went to Auburn and have not lost a series since. So, they beat oh, wait, wait, wait. but they lost, players. they lost the game you attended though. But they won one too. So, <laughs> hey, I, I Brandy, get out. Brandy, you're not going to the game. I, I, Watch it at home. There's no pattern though there because they won Watch the other one. We were at last year, like we were that all four of us were at, y'all won. Exactly. Yes. Oh, thank you. Have never lost when I've been in town. Okay. All right. Twice now. Okay. All right. I dig it. Well, I'm they just saying, there, there is no thing about Brandy going to games and them losing, except we're not going to talk about me going to the Vanderbilt Auburn basketball game this year. I'm still very hurt by that. So. The best, well, there you go. The best part is like Brandy's going to tweet that she's going to some game and someone's going to like reply by like, no, the hell you're not. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> right. Some guy named Daryl Duffner is like, hey, no, just the hell you are, Garland. Whenever I go to Vanderbilt games, so we're gonna, maybe we're gonna get that. Home. We're gonna get that trending on Twitter that week. But listen, after that, Auburn travels to Arkansas November 11th. This is not a super scary game either. At this point, if they have it rolling, I'm gonna chalk this as a win. New Mexico State win, and then you come to the Iron Bowl. Win. So, All right, good episode. You played 11 games, so I just we just played it out. Auburn's record, guys, is what going into the Iron Bowl this year. There's one factor that matters here. Okay. Only one. There's one determining factor. Who's going to be president in 2024? Eight and three, nine and two, what seven the and four. F- no. Seven <laughs> and four. Like, what, what are we looking at here? I, I, was, I was about to bring up how uh, Alabama's never won a game with Donald Trump in attendance. But, um, <laughs> okay. Whoa. But, no politics. But, but the, uh, the next, the, the, the key factor. Is, is this going to be a nine-win Auburn team or above November 25th or eight and below? Because we know what that magical number is that Nick Saban uh, just can't seem to can't seem to beat. And that, that's, that's the only thing that matters going into that game. You're okay. stuff you guys hold on to. Brandy, like, listen, I think the over-under is at six and a half. We talked about it on another pod. Well, you know, what, I what smashed that over, I'll be honest. But then like, again, yeah, I, I smashed over five and a half last year and got... Yeah, we all got burned got, on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, we, we underestimated Arthur. game should have cashed that for us. But anyways, whatever. Um, I would take over six and a half. Um, I'm also taking Vanderbilt over three and a half. Best bet of the season, Vanderbilt mm-hmm. over three and a half wins. Um, yeah, Vanderbilt over two and a half last year is my best bet. So That's I'm for that. What if they I'm, have? I'm wrong with them again. Um, what if they have three wins going into like November fourth, and then there's like lose a, a game that's like you win your vacated. Day. Are you gonna feel guilty? No, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Brandy, Brandy's gonna be like tweeting out the ticket, like, "Look, guys, I did it." And everybody's gonna just be so yeah. They're gonna hate old, you. Yeah. Yeah. Tell y'all. Yeah, people do hate when I bet on Auburn games. Cashing, taking nobody, this, nobody taking this to the bank like Brandy. Nobody gloats their gambling ones like Brandy. You're like I Drake. You're like a you're like a white skinned Drake. <laughs> white skinned Drake. Hey, I will say, I will say that's actually kind of true because whenever I have like a really big win and it's connected to a team that's outside of the SEC, I like grasp one of that win. So I'm a UConn yeah. fan for life now. But I'll Gross. also be cheering for some other teams next year that when I put my futures I thought, in. I thought so, you were referring to the Drake comment when you said that's true. No, remember, yeah, I did too. I was about to, I was said, I'm the light skinned Keith Sweat. I just remember one time being very, very drunk, and I like told some girl that I was the white skinned Keith Sweat. She goes, I don't know who that is. And I was like, I'll talk to you never bye. And then just walked away. Yeah. Like, you don't know who Keith Sweat is. Man, we're getting old, dude. We're getting old. 
That's all I got to say. But hey, listen, uh, let, before we We're close nine out this. nine and two going into the Iron Bowl, nine and two. Nine and two? Yeah. Okay. All right. Listen, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Now, uh, the Iron Bowl, I don't, want, I don't want predictions from you guys. I just want you to answer one simple question because I got one more topic I want to hit before uh, we close the pod. That's it. Uh, <laughs> God, you just had to spoil it. So um, is this Q Freeze's best chance to, to beat Nick Saban this year? Right. Like, I mean, there are some things in flux. He's got new coordinators like, you know, they may be starting to tr- portal quarterback like it is, like, it is because after this year, he's going to retire. So yep, he's out. Not oh, only is it his best, it's going to be his only chance. Really? OK. I think he's going to retire in the next five years. I do think so. Chris, I, he may not. I think that um, from the people that I've talked to. Uh, if he would have won last year, he would have been gone. Really? Yeah. Mm. He's getting old. Like it's. I mean, and so he, and like, what more do you have to accomplish? Le- You're yeah, the what's left to do? Coach of all time. Like, yeah. what more? I do you, do you, to accomplish? Do you think he's going to try to go out on top, or do you think he's going to try to go out before the bottom implodes? I, so, like, let's say he lost yeah, three I mean, games. Not everyone is going to go the bottom imploding. Like, there's there's definitely a middle, right? The whole it's like it's not I like know, Tom Brady though. <laughs> Say what? I said Tom Brady when he retired. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, like, I think that with what happened with Bowden and we saw Paterno, and I mean the the stuff on the field with Paterno specifically, like hmm. I think that those are two very good lessons that if you're a coach, you don't want to go see. Like this isn't Mac Brown. Like Mac Brown's like 78. This isn't that because it's like you don't your legacy isn't the same. Like this is the greatest coach in cultural history up until this point. So yeah, but like but I also think that like if this is like an eight and four Bama team, I mean, Bama hasn't had less than 10 wins since 2007. So if this is like an eight and 14, I, I, I think he'll absolutely be back. It, it, he's, he will not be there after three years, max. Mm, well, wow. Uh, I'm telling you, this is the first I've actually heard. Uh, I must've been under a rock of saving a mulling retirement. So, uh, you know, he's doing, I was doing it at such a high level. I just think he's such a great football mind. Yep. Um, it's easy, you know, to just want to keep going and winning championships, but the grind that is college football, right? Like, uh, it can get to you. Recruiting never stops. Uh, you know, it is a year round business now. So, uh, we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be a really interesting year. Guys, let's close the pod talking about something completely random, but totally relevant. Uh, reports Bennett not graduating. <laughs> yeah. Stetson Bennett was a professional student for the last, well, the last was seven years, six years. How long was it, Marler? Cite your source, first and foremost. Where did we hear this story first? From Marler, everybody. This story that you saw blow up all over social media in the last week all started from our one and only Chris Marler. Chris Marler. Viral, right. viral sensation. Please credit at Vern Funquest. Without yes. a second E now, because Georgia fans got my account shut down a month ago, uh, or a month and a half ago on April Fool's. No, like, like, so this whole thing happened. It was crazy. Like, it took... Let me preface by saying this. It took me five and a half years to get a degree in liberal studies from a small D2 school in, in, in Milledgeville, Georgia. Like I'm not, there's no part of me that's judging Stetson Bennett. And as somebody that has had to win a game show to pay off their student loans and still, still has some left, like there's going to college and getting a degree is become less and less valuable almost by the day. Mm, So I'm not like getting a college degree does not mean like the, the end all be all of anything. I agree. But as an athlete, 
and I was one. And and I, like Mike, we talk about this off air. Like you, it's almost impossible with the resources you have, especially at the University of Georgia, to not have graduated and, and be in school for this long. Well, I mean, okay. Well, let's talk about the math, right? Like, okay. at this most is, at most colleges, you right. need at least twelve hours each semester All to college athletes. Right? Yeah. Right. So you need twelve hours. To, right. So so if you so that's if you do at least the spring and the summer, that's twenty four credits. Right. Right. Every year, we take five total to reach one twenty. Right. So, how is this? Po- how is it possible that this man did not amass enough credit hours to graduate if so, he was getting twenty four, at least twenty four credits a year? It's, it's like so. It's like salty Georgia fans in the comments were like, "This isn't that big of a, like." It's not, again not a big deal. No one's judging Stetson Bennett. It's just because because my question is, I talked about this with Brandy like last Friday. I'm going to use the word complicit and I'm not saying it like it was like something illegal that happened, but multiple people had to be complicit into this happening for the, for him to not have graduated because mm-hmm. he started college in 2017. He was the, he was the scouting quarterback playing Baker Mayfield before the 2018 Rose bowl. And I mean like the second 26 season, that season, that's how long ago it was. Lad McConkey has already graduated. He's like 12. <laughs> him and Shane Beamer like have like a like a like a treehouse they built in like their backyard. So like those so he like he he goes there for a full year, then he goes to Jones County Community College. And so so this is what I kept trying to say. I was like, just say that none of the credits transferred from his first two full years, two full years academically. Say none of those credits transferred. He had five games that he played in in 2019. So he had to have been academically eligible. And that means that he would have had four full years to still get his degree if the first two resulted in zero credits. You know that football players don't go home. They don't get a summer off. Most you, of them take classes in the summer. Most yeah. of them take classes. True. There's like Jalen, the whole story, like, and these aren't, it's apples to oranges, but Jalen Hurts getting his master's this weekend. Like, you know, that's what a lot of quarterbacks have done if they don't go to the league, you know, after three years. Right. And so it makes no sense because... If if you, if you had twelve years per semester at Georgia, right? Like the the amount of years he was there, it would have equaled one hundred and forty four hours, which means maybe and he you failed. have to have twelve hours minimum to be eligible right. to play right. as a full time student, which is right. So well, yeah. even without the summer semester, the summer right. term, right? That's at mm-hmm. least twenty four credits times four years would be ninety six right. credits, right? And, and in in this day and age. In this day and age, if you think that the quarterback at Georgia that became the biggest story in college football, especially in the SEC, the former walk-on that you know won back-to-back natties and the 29-1 record the last year, all that shit, like if you're telling me you don't think that we would have found out that he was ineligible, you're crazy. Because like it's this day and age of social media. So it's it would have been it would have been brought up at some point. But he would have had to have 144 hours, which means he would have had to fail nine classes because of three hours for it, which means like he would have had to hold him under 120 hours. That's over one class per semester on average in those four years. Mm. Over, like, so he would have had to make straight A's or, or like very high, like have a very high GPA in every other class for him to remain eligible and have that 1.8 GPA. Mm. It's just, it's just mind blowing to me that like, I, I tell you what's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. I'm not saying this in an arrogant way. I genuinely mean. I genuinely mean it. It's mind blowing to me that no one else brought this up before I tweeted about it on Tuesday of last week. Like, and, and I, I would just, I'll say this, and there's maybe it might like offend some people. I said this with Brandy off air last Friday. 
we sat there and listened to Justin Fields, or not Justin Fields, we well, him too, kind of. But um, but CJ Stroud gets slandered everywhere because he got an 18 on a fake test. On the Wonderlick. Yeah. No, it wasn't the Wonderlick. It was some oh. other thing like you're like that point at stuff and okay. your decision making, something like that. Side note, I got a 47 on the Wonderlick. It's like we can talk about it later. Um, but like you you had an 18 on a fake test, and then it started talking about like, you know, his draft stock might slip, and he, you know, people think he's gonna be a bust. How the hell did this kid go to go to college for six years with all of those resources and never walk away with a degree? And it wasn't brought up one time in the pre-draft. Uh, yeah, I got to tell you, um, I don't think most fans have a grip on how much more these student athletes have in terms of academic resources than right. the average student in the student body population. It is insane. They have yeah. tutors. They have study hall. Like like dedicated study halls mm-hmm. they don't have to go to the you know i used to have to go run down my ga at auburn and say hey man like can you help me with this right they don't have any of that i mean all they have to do is just show up right right is show up and there'll be somebody there to help them with every aspect of every, anything they don't understand right it's incredible so uh i was i didn't i didn't speak out about it too much on twitter but like when i saw your tweet chris i was thinking to myself i was like wow like what a massive yeah failure as a academic institution of that have, of that magnitude right yeah, yeah I, those are good school academically right but guys you have a you have a high profile figure that goes to school there for six years right mm-hmm. you're not we're not talking about some student um, that we're never going to hear about right he's the like, most you, notable well, player that has ever walked through that university and i'm including herschel walker i'm including matt safford he's, he is the because he's the one that won you back-to-back natties and again the so walk on it did it yeah all the story that all the fans, like all those Georgia fans, who didn't like Setson Bennett and 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 like kept talking about it, like how awful he was, and he's the reason they didn't win in twenty twenty, all that kind of crap, and a little bit in twenty twenty one. All of those fans turned this into this like the most beautiful rags to riches Disney movie imaginable. Like this past year, he's a former walk on. He didn't have any, you know. He's like he's done all these things. Like like you know, he's he's just been through it, and like look at look at what he's been able to accomplish now. I just it blows my mind. It blows my mind that you don't have he's the he's the most significant player to ever play at Georgia, ever. Like I don't think it's even up for debate. Like he's not as good as Herschel, I get, but I'm saying like there's not a more impactful player that has blown up like this that has ever played at Georgia. Yeah, listen, Georgia fans jumped my throat last year at the end of last season when I said I think Stetson Bennett is going to have to raise his game significantly for Georgia to repeat. And right. It did. And they were like, no, no, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but if he didn't, you lose to Ohio State in the playoff. 100 mm-hmm. percent Right. I mean, he raised his game significantly as a passer. Right? right. I mean, I think there was a game that first season that he threw like 12 passes. Uh against uh yeah. yeah. He went like eight for twelve or something right. in a game, right? And they won that game. Right. And I, I didn't think they were gonna be able, I was like, you're not gonna be able to pull that off the next year. He's gonna have to get better. So um, you know, not getting a degree, like I said, I think it's I think that eventually somebody looks into this and says, number I'm one, not how buying, do you, I'm not buying lottery tickets in Georgia anymore. <laughs> how does he stay eligible? I don't want to support right? the Hope Scholarship. They're not gonna get guys graduate. Oh, don't don't get don't get me started on that. Uh, I have a whole thing about the Hope Scholarship. But uh I'm I'm more salty that we don't have one in Alabama, but whatever. Uh anyway, I just I, Real quick, just real quick. You said 12 passes, right? 
Was it? You want to just take a guess? They played 15 games. He didn't start the first one. He didn't play okay. in the first one. Okay. Let's take a wild guess at how many actual games he 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 not only threw that he threw less than 15 passes. Three, five, five games. He threw less than 15. Pa- <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. He threw less than 15 passes in five games yeah. during a championship season. 15 or less. 15 or less. He 15 had, or less. He had one. He had two games. Where, no, he had one game where he threw 15. Okay. Uh, but, and again, Setson Bennett was a phenomenal quarterback. And, and did, like, what, what sucks now with social media is that, like, the moment this got brought up, I, I, even after I found out it was true, and I did the research, like, partially because it's me, it, the response was like, I, well, we still haven't figured out if it's true or not. It's like, no, we did. We absolutely did. Like, it, like we, it's just Google sets a minute graduation. There's not a single picture of it. Like, like Georgia has tweeted out and put pictures up of every other football grad they've had every semester over the last like three years. Mm-hmm. He, had, he never had the, the graduate patch, which is like the big, big indicator that started the whole thing. But like, what sucks now is that like, this wasn't like a malicious thing about sets and Bennett and it still isn't. Yeah. But that's how fans immediately want to take it because it's like, oh, you said something about my favorite team's best player. And I'm like, bitch, you've been doing the same thing for like two and a half years of his career. Shut up. We need to have a dialogue about how Georgia fans are very sensitive on social media. Like people think that Auburn and Alabama fans are crazy. That's a whole other topic. Yeah. Alabama fans are awesome. Georgia fans are extremely sensitive, surprisingly, on social media. Wouldn't it be some like poetic irony if there was some like academic like foul play going on and like Chris out of all people is the one that like (laughs) <laughs> to the surface. Hey, I, I mean, it's a he makes a really like, good point because, I mean, either they're just letting them take whatever classes they want and not having them follow an academic plan. I don't know if that's a violation or not. Or he literally wasn't a full time student and was like, not could, taking. Could classes. y'all could y'all imagine Chris on like a thirty for thirty in like five years? And they're like asking him, like, how'd you, how'd you find this out? And he's like, well, it was the patch. He didn't have the patch. And then I, I jumped in the rabbit hole. Yeah. The first you know, thing I, was the yeah, patch. How, how the, how, what, what killed the Georgia dynasty before it began? Stetson, Chris tweeting about Stetson not graduating. Let me tell you how, how I pray all of this ends. Okay. Just, just like, and I'm saying this out of the most, like, I've been trying to be as objective as possible about like everything else. I will say this part from a purely petty fan perspective. The dream scenario that where all of this ends is the NCAA does an investigation, finds out he should not have been eligible for the 2021 national championship where mm. they beat Alabama, and then just gives them an ultimatum, which is, listen, you can get rid of the national championship and we will take it away from you. Or you can admit that that game would have been different if Jamison Williams and John Mechie didn't tear their ACLs leading up to it and, and just, and just, just watch like the back and forth. Be like, I ain't saying it, brother. I ain't saying it. <laughs> hey, would Alabama, <laughs> would Alabama say that about Colt? Would Alabama say that about oh, Colt? Yeah. That's how I'll say it right now. But here's the other thing too. Jamison Williams and, and, and John Mechie, those were non-contact contact injuries where their daddy didn't walk them to the locker room off the field. Like they were fucking six years old. That's the difference between Colt McCoy and those two players. Man, oh man. Mm, mm, 
Great discussion, guys. Listen, Stetson Bennett didn't graduate, but we did, which is why we get to sit here and talk to you guys. This is the Auburn Express, powered by the War Report. I want to thank our special guest, Chris Marler, for joining us, and Brandy Mack, and Auburn Memes. We'll be back at you guys next Thursday to talk a little bit more about some basketball, uh, baseball, and football happening. So we'll see how it goes. But guys, we're signing off. As always, War Eagle. Don't say it, Chris. Don't say it. Well,